How are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by Established Titles and Upside. So there's been a lot going on and a lot to go over today. I know I told you guys that the Russians were panicking yesterday inside of that episode. It's going to be the beginning of the end inside of Ukraine. I really do believe so. Zelensky actually said something. Uh, he was talking about, he was he was making a D-Day reference. He was saying Kirsten is our D-Day, or Kirsten is like D-Day, in the sense that it's the basically the beginning of the end. A lot of people actually took a little bit of offense to that. I guess when I first read it, I was a little offended myself because I didn't really understand. I was like, Kirsten was nothing like D-Day. Kirsten was more like the liberation of Paris. Uh, but I, I now after thinking about it, that's what he was talking about. He's like, this is the beginning of the end. It's nothing like D-Day. D-Day is going to be, there's literally going to be nothing in history. Hopefully there's nothing in history ever like D-Day. D-Day was like, I, I think everybody on this channel would agree. There's, there's literally nothing that could happen inside of the Ukrainian war that will ever be anything like D-Day. I've been there. I've been in the beaches and I've seen them. And I'm telling you guys, when you, you look up, it's just, it's unimaginable. I know. Random topic. Gives you goosebumps when you think about it. If you guys have been there and you've seen it, you've... Oh. Yeah, literally, I just got goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding, man. Anyway, Kirsten is a, is a ma massive pitiful point in the war. It's a, like when it comes to a, a strategical mess for the Russians, it's, it's going to be... It really is. It's already turning out to be that way. And this next piece is, is, is crazy. So this is a funny way to start out the video. This, this video that you're watching, I guess, this episode, is from the Ukrainian military. They started a new unit. The entire one was formed with, with brand new, like, with tanks. Like, this brand new unit was made from tanks that were supplied directly from Russia. <laughs> yes, imagine the Ukrainian military started a freaking unit from supplied Russian tanks solely. Like, that is the most ironic thing that I may have ever heard happen during this war so far. Russia is, like, this is the largest supplier of tanks to the Ukrainian military right now. Like, what a weird change of events. It was so large that they were able to start up an entire battalion just full of Russian tanks to use against the Russians. So it's, it's oh my God. I also need to give a quick shout-out to my VIP members over on the Patreon because I realized this morning when I was preparing for uh, this video that yesterday, I never mentioned y'all, so my apologies. Hey, we got Ozzy Jim, we got Austin Dunaway, Bradley Peters, Fuzzy Teddy. How you doing, Fuzzy? Gerald Clamino, uh, excuse me, Ike Harris, not Ike and then Harris, and then Jake Woolwine, Jave Bomber, Larry, Mr. JJ, and Richard Grace. I have an exclusive video coming for everybody over on the Patreon side of things as well this week. So if you guys are over there on Patreon, Hey, you guys have any questions, send me a DM. I will be actually answering them tonight. So thank you for all your support because it's greatly appreciated. And uh, if you guys are wanting ad-free videos and you guys want to support the channel, the link to Patreon is always down in the description. Thank you so much to everybody on the Patreon. really does help. So I'm going to say this. There's been a lot of chatter over the fact that Ukrainians are still going 100% at the Russians on the outskirts of Kyrgyzstan trying to gain some more Around. I like, I mean, we're going to go over some mapping here later on the video, like we always do. Because they're new, I've dropped my own maps, have been for the last like eight months. Uh, to see if these claims are true, uh, I don't know because right now it's going to be a nightmare for the Russians because I don't think they're going to be able to hold off this line, this entire line. Uh, I just, I just don't think so. I really don't. Херсон на события в Херсоне. Вы знаете, я смотрю, поделились на две части. С одной стороны пишут поражение России, жуткое поражение России. С другой стороны пишут о том, что это какая-то хитрая ловушка России, заманивают куда-то. Самое поразительное, что значительная часть западной прессы умудряется два этих тезиса даже в одну статью, в один сюжет запихнуть. То есть это одновременное поражение и какая-то ловушка. Главное, когда они ставят 
на первые полосы эту новость. Это все паническое бегство русской армии. При этом дают фотографию о переправе, да, которая, я посмотрел специально, 10 октября сделана. Да? 10 октября и обмусолена уже всеми вражескими голосами это фото. То есть, получается, это паническое бегство продолжается уже месяц, да, с отводом техники, войск и так далее. Но, видите, это тоже можно умудриться назвать подобным образом. Ну и последнее. Секунда только. Вы вдумайтесь сами, чему мы радуемся. Радуемся, радуемся тому, что... что мы не бежали, а планово отошли. Ну, не, так не, себе достижение. Не, не, это, конечно, боль... это, на самом деле мы этому не радуемся. Я вообще не радуюсь особо. Страшная выводу. рана, огромная боль. Но Будем то, готовиться конечно, и возвращать. Но... So yeah, most of the world is slobbering over the fact that Russians were forced to retreat from Kyrgyzstan. Everybody is. Literally everybody. It's one of the top things. I guess if you go on Twitter, it's going to say Kyrgyzstan. Everybody's talking about it. Like one of the main hosts clearly wants it to be known as well that this was an achievement to retreat. It was an achievement for the Russians to retreat, not running away, which they may need to actually look up the definition of retreat because it's literally, it states this when you look it up, means to withdraw from enemy forces as a result of, of their superior power or after a defeat. I also found it hilarious. She was trying to quickly cut him off when he was calling it a liberation. He still says a liber he's talking about the liberation of Kirsten. They don't want it to be known as that. They said they're going to be starting to prepare to, to take it back, which is and that it's a massive gain. I don't know how they're going to do that. I really don't. So I know we, like I said, I like to say this in every episode for everybody's new. We have a, an audience of about 10% that are in Russia. Yes, they are in Russia. Maybe they're on VPNs, but they're on Russia. I'm telling them right now, I have no idea how in the world, this is why Kirsten is such a massive loss for the Russians. I, I can't fathom how they're going to, to have this massive plan to take it back. For one, have a massive plan to take it back, you're going to have to be able to reinforce and bring in more men. They're going to allow, say the high, we always bring the high Mars up, the high Mars. The high Mars are now going to be able to effectively literally come in and, and target every single route coming from Crimea into this area. So how are you going to, to make up this massive plan to regain this ground? Like, I think showing these types of pieces, by the way, is extremely crucial to share because it gives you a full picture of how the Russians really think. Even though we haven't really seen, like, we, we've seen this over and over again, the same fact that they just can't accept defeat on or loss. Like, without being able to do this, they're never going to learn from their mistakes, and it's just going to be a cycle that continues to repeat itself. Rinse, like, it's going to be the same thing. Rinse, repeat, like what it is. Wash on, wax on, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Oh, and by the way, as I'm making this video right now, as I'm making this episode, there's currently there was cruise missiles flying over Ukraine. So hopefully by the end, I can actually tell you guys uh, what, what's actually going on. I will be going there or going out on a limb here and probably say they're going to go after maybe some of the areas in the south or maybe some infrastructure. That seems pretty much likely what the, the Russians are going to do. So established titles is a fun novel way to preserve the natural woodlands of Scotland while helping global reforestation efforts. It is a project based on a historic Scottish discussion where landowners are referred to as lairds, lords, and ladies in English. Title packs are giving you guys at least one square foot of dedicated land with a unique plot number on a private estate in Edelston, Scotland, and an official certificate with a crest. Yes, you get one of these certificates right here with a crest on it. Me, myself, and I, I am Lord Robert Turkla. Got one of these. It's a great gift. They also plant a tree with every single order and will work with actual global charities like One Tree Planted and Trees for the Future to support that global reforestation efforts. Yes, that is such a tough word for me. I don't know why. Reforestation. 
You could officially include the title Lord and or Lady on your credit card, plane tickets, and dating profiles if it makes uh, you feel that way, which it will. And it's a great last-minute gift. The first 200 people purchasing a title pack using my link will effectively be my next my next door neighbor. Literally within a few walking distances from or a few paces from my plot. Depending on how many of you guys actually become a Lord and a Lady, we can actually build our own Speak the Truth Kingdom. Hey, right now, Established Titles is running a massive early Black Friday sale. Literally, right now, use code TRUTH to get an additional 10% off. Go to EstablishedTitles.com forward slash TRUTH to get your gifts now and help support this channel. That is EstablishedTitles.com forward slash TRUTH. Use code TRUTH at checkout to save an additional 10% or click the link at the very top of the description. Now, if you thought your day was bad, just imagine being this guy. He isn't really enjoying his life whatsoever and is ready to get back home. <laughs> Now, my God, he was angry. But on another indication, or another, I guess, another piece of proof that the mobilized men aren't actually, uh, they're not the strat. They're not the strategy to win the war inside of Ukraine. And the next best option, I believe, we're going to see from the Kremlin is to formally announce or, I guess, declare war inside of Ukraine. I think that's going to be the case. But I think they have something inside their law that was like back in 98 or 97 or 98, somewhere around there that may not allow them to do this. I think that may be one of the issues. I'm not a, I'm not in law, but I, I do unfortunately have to, to look up at this stuff, and I, I think that could be the case. This would actually give them the ability, by the way, to do, do just about anything they want with their civilian population uh, with regards to, like, getting stuff going, like, actually for the war effort. You know, like, this is the only way they're going to have a meaningful impact inside of the war. Что все так чудовищно, как это хочет навязать украинский враг, иностранные средства массовой информации и истерики, идиоты, которые тут воют, как собаки от каждого этого эпизода. Это же не значит, что это так, но это же не значит, что это замечательно, правда? Мы не благополучная страна. Мы просто территориально неблагополучны. Это не называется комфортное размещение территории. Now, what in the world? Did this guy literally just say 
They are a territorial somehow. I'm whoa. They have a territorial disadvantaged. Like that. What? They're not a territorial disadvantaged country. How is that even possible? They're one of the largest countries on earth. Literally, they, they take up like almost an entire continent. Russia, like they have access to all oceans on all sides. Or well, I say all oceans, but oceans to, on all sides. They have a massive population that is much greater than Ukraine. I would assume that he's bringing this up because the fact that the fake elections they held and this thing uh, with inside, you know, I mean, Russia, there's... I don't know. They just want to use this in the near future. I think they're going to, to justify strikes inside of areas like Kyrgyzstan that they claim to be a part of Russia. You know what I mean? I, I, he brought that up. He's like, well, they're hitting now Russian controlled area. Well, our Russian held land that, that's our land. Okay. Это территориально, неблагополучно. Это не называется комфортное размещение территорий. Мы можем удерживать это государство, наше родное, любимое для нас, бесконечно дорогое, только ценой чрезвычайных усилий. Оно такое. У нас вокруг люди, которые, сказать, соседи, которые очень с большим аппетитом смотрят на нашу территорию, на все, что у нас есть. У нас низкая плотность населения и так далее и тому подобное. И черт возьми, нас сейчас не так уже много. Мы все время привыкли, что нас так много, как было в Российской империи или в Советском Союзе. Но это не так. Кто-нибудь готовился к очень большой войне с 90... А, 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 98-го года, да? Точно. Была отменена сама доктрина возможности большой конвенциональной войны. О, май гад, этот человек был так вовремя. Я легче думал, что он должен был сделать стрелку. Он должен просто сидеть, расслабляться, вдохнуть. Вещи будут... Ну, на самом Конвенциональной войны. Нам навязана большая конвенциональная война, которая на протяжении десятилетий исключалась из военной философии постсоветской. Она не должна была существовать. А в Херсон нам еще надо будет вернуться. Man, this thing is just full of some juicy things to talk about. No one has actually forced the Russians into this massive war, by the way. Just in case anybody was wondering. They put themselves into this position by invading another country they claim there to be Nazis in. Just going to say that the whole, the whole woe is me card isn't going to work out too well when the rest of the world is looking at you. They're, they're going to think you're really silly. Украину все равно предстоит освобождать. Но чтобы это было возможно, надо совершить работу над ошибками. Надо в полной мере раскрутить нашу промышленность. Надо осознать, кто виновен в ошибках. Надо осознать, как мы их исправляем, подготовиться и решить поставленную Верховным Главнокомандующим задачу. Поэтому все те, кто думает, что та трагедия для нас, которая произошла в Херсоне, это какая-то часть договорника, что все предали. Нет. Нет. Это тяжелое испытание. Никакого договорника нет. С нами никто не собирается договариваться, а мы уж точно ни с кем не собираемся договариваться. Наши земли под врагом. Мы впервые в нашей истории после 45-го года, ну там 44, столкнулись с тем, что наши земли оккупированы. А эта реальность не входит в сознание. Нет, я мою не вошла понимаю, очень я жестко. Не, я не родная Херсонщина, родное Запорожье еще не освобождено, родная Донеччина. В Луганске там маленький кусочек, но есть. Не так не может такого быть. Да, Здесь есть два варианта. Либо мы выиграем войну, либо весь мир в труху. Вот другого варианта нет. 
Now we just got visual confirmation, actual confirmation like we actually, we never needed, and we knew it was going to happen. But the war was really uh, started for. Uh, they, they entered Ukraine to get back the lands that they call native lands, and it really wasn't due to there being Nazis in their country, and we haven't heard that brought up for a while. But I can show you it's going to come up. It always does within the next day or so, I, 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 within a week, two days, one day, I don't know hours, who knows? It's going to happen. Um, to me, by the way, if they're trying to get back all their lands, all their so-called native lands, why don't they try to take back Alaska? That was once theirs at one point. They sold it to us, I think in the 1800s for, God, I don't remember how much, but they could try to get that back too. Just That probably wouldn't end too well, but they could. So I use Upside when I'm traveling a ton. I, I you know, I got to buy a lot of fuel. I also like it because it gives me cash back when I'm dining out. I dine out a lot. I think everybody does. It's very, very, very easy to use the app. It's free to download. You need to go check it out. What do you guys plan on using all your cash back? Christmas is coming up. Hey, you can use it for that. You're really good. Uh, a lot of my friends and family have had to use, um, well, they've had to cut back a ton on eating out because it got so expensive. Upside is also an incredible app for anybody who buys gas, groceries, and dines out, which is literally every single person. So with Upside, you guys don't have to cut back because you guys will be getting cash back on every single purchase. If I didn't have Upside, I would be having to make cutbacks on stuff like this. I couldn't be buying these every single morning, which I do. But guess what? They're almost free. They're, they're virtually free because of Upside. To get started, all you guys have to do is download the free Upside app, use my promo code STTPODCAST, that is right, STTPODCAST, and get $5 or more cash back on your very first purchase of $10 or more. It's super easy. It's free. Go in there. All you have to do, you guys claim the offer. When you guys are buying on Upside, check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit and or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards and or loyalty programs, you guys earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every single week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 rating on the, on the App Store. Like, what the heck? Go download the free Upside app and use my promo code, like I said, STT Podcast, to get $5 more cash back on your very first purchase of $10 more. That's $5 more cash back on your very first purchase of $10 or more. You need to go check them out. They'll be linked. Go use the promo code STT Podcast when you guys go sign up. Get free money. Make your life easier coming this Christmas. You need more money. This is the way to do it. Go check them out. Thank you so much to Upside for sponsoring this portion of this episode. Now, you guys know that I do uh, I do like to go down this path where the Russians are, well, there's a path we'll be going on where the Russians are trying to uh, attempt to change the narrative they are pushing. It, it's, it's, it's not going to sit really well with the civilian population. Like, how can you have eight months of claiming that one of the most powerful countries on earth, you are, like Russia, and then after all, you get your tea kicked in for a bit, and then you're saying stuff like this. Now, I could be wrong. I could be wrong here. But the Russian military is one of the largest militaries on the planet, just around 850 to a million strong, active, okay, prior to the start of the war. Now, this also isn't a global war. I'm going to throw that out there. And the entire world isn't going against Russia right now. This, this once again, I feel like I shouldn't have to be saying this over and over again, but this is like a, a, a literally a war where Russia is fighting against Ukrainians using some, and I mean some, NATO weapons. This isn't a war against NATO, because if it was a war against NATO, it would have been over by now if that were the case. It would have lasted a week, Matt. I don't even think it would have lasted that long. I don't think people realize Russia is not nearly as strong as, as they think they are. They really aren't. They're terrible. I actually was getting some images this morning. I was sifting through about 
them not only buying buying like Iranian drones, but now they're having to buy Iranian body armor. And a lot of the mobilized men are now wearing these Alibaba. Uh, actually, they're literally from Alibaba. Alibaba plate carriers that have magazine holders already on the front of them. Like that is not a powerful military. That's literally a bunch of buddies going out to buy some random stuff off Alibaba to go play airsoft. Like that's what that is. That's not a, a global superpower. Alright, so it didn't take that long. Just the next clip, uh, you get to see the mouthpiece of the rest of the world. Apparently, he's gonna, they're, they're Nazis. The entire world is Nazis. That's pretty much it. It literally was the next clip I, I got for you guys. Well, the second to next clip or whatever. I thought we wouldn't hear this thing for weeks, but there you go. It's up. Took literally the same episode. Америка, там тоже полно лицемерия, но там в силу чудовищно плохого образования, многими-многими десятилетиями внедрявшегося, как будто намеренно дурного образования, там все-таки еще велик наивняк. Наивняк и просто то, что по-английски называется ignorance. Вот такая вот ну, тупость просто. Ну, люди на полном серьезе не могут на карте там большинство людей найти, где север, где юг. Они могут найти Россию на карте мира. Это меня не удивляет, потому что я закончила американскую школу. Я помню, как преподаватель латыни в моей школе, который считался самым образованным человеком в школе, потому что он бывал в Европе, потрясающее образование по их меркам человека, он меня как-то попросил написать на доске алфавит. А это 12 класс школы, последний. Моим одноклассникам 18, 19, 20 лет. И я написала на доске русский алфавит, и класс был потрясен тем, что в мире существуют... <laughs> so, America is such a terrible place and full of so many idiots, like myself included, yes, I'm one of those idiots, that she decided to spend her college years studying here to get a degree for an American college. Does that make any sense? Like, if someone were to get up in the middle of my class, by the way, and, and wrote in a different language, and I'm an 18, 19-year-old kid, and I'm like, oh my God, they just went up randomly on this whiteboard and they wrote a different language, a different alphabet, literally on the board, Look, my God, that's crazy. Yeah, that's just great. No, they didn't think that there was not another alphabet. Like, what, what in the world? I'm saying this is so goofy. If someone speaks a different language and their language literally is written out differently, they're going to have a different alphabet. America is dumb, so she, she decided to study here. Yet, that makes literally, literally no sense. Потому что мы бьемся за то, за пятое-десятое. И мы действительно бьемся ровно за то, за что мы говорим, что мы бьемся. А они всегда называют другие ценности, другие цели, другие идеалы, которым не соответствуют сами вообще. А лицемерие очень раздражает, и мы будем с ними бороться до последнего снаряда, который, я надеюсь, не закончится у нас никогда. So I am once again going to call them out here on their lives because it's always fun to do so. So just within this one episode, Literally this one episode, we've proven everything she just said to be false. They've claimed multiple different reasonings for invading Ukraine just in this one episode. I'm telling you guys right now, I don't go out and just pick, cherry pick these things. I find a whole bunch of them and then I watch them at the same time that I'm putting together these episodes. Like, I'm, they're not cherry picked. And that's what's crazy about this. Like, they clearly don't know when they're telling, like, truce or when they're wanting to really just say something. It just... I don't know where we're going here. I, with, with these Russians... <sighs> my God, I feel bad for the people in Washington that are having to deal with them because they're like being beaten my freaking head off the wall.
Now, we also seen this next gentleman a ton, by the way, uh, during this entire war in the past few months. He is a, what is he? He's a, he's a, he's a war reporter on the Russian side of things. And he's now openly expressing his concerns that there is a chance that Ukrainians will, in fact, move across the river and could possibly break through uh, the Russian defensive lines. Того времени, в котором мы сейчас находимся, никогда они были, никогда никем они могут стать в будущем, вот сейчас. Наши отошли за Днепр, но я думаю, что украинская армия в скором времени, особенно если будет дан ей перерыв какой-то, сейчас об этом много говорят, ну, то есть она может... Просто попытаться, по крайней мере, форсировать Днепр. Сейчас британцы обучат, дадут необходимые катера, там, баржи, ну и американцы тоже, да. Им все это интересно, как бы наблюдать со стороны. И как, какие бы потери ни были, для них это не затратно, они наоборот, то есть, все это проанализируют. И как бы вполне возможно, что украинская армия попытается форсировать Днепр. Казалось бы, зачем им форсировать Днепр, если можно наступать со стороны Запорожья, да, там и с других направлений. Но в целом, как неожиданный, да, вот удар со стороны там, где не ждут, да, попытаться весной там, условно говоря, форсировать, да. Ну, потому что как правило, там, где стоит река, мы думаем, что фланг прикрыт рекой, и там незначительные силы, да, вот как было по Донцу, там стояли там барсы без тяжелого вооружения, да, то есть, и там, значит, украинская армия легко форсировала реку, да, господствующие высоты захватила, и начала, которые были на южном берегу, и переправилась на север. То же самое, кстати, насколько мне известно, рельеф возле Херсона тоже на том берегу, now I wanted to go ahead and pause here just because I know this will be a bit confusing for some and it was it was for me about a week ago I didn't really understand what they were talking about when the banks of river and the right bank right I think what that doesn't make any sense right bank that doesn't make a left bank okay and they're talking about the, the they're referring to the flow of the river okay so the river is flowing south so the left bank is going to be the Russian side of things and currently and the right bank is going to be the Kyrgyzstan where the, the Ukrainians are, just so you guys know. So the right bank is also on a higher vantage point, and so the artillery is going to have the advantage as well. So the Russians on the left bank are going to be struggling to keep up with this over the next few winter months. And from what I've seen, there could be a chance that this doesn't really go into the spring. Um, just going to say that. It could happen sometime during the winter. Выше, там левый берег ниже, поэтому вполне себе могут попробовать форсировать, и это будет очень неожиданный удар. Ну, это так в качестве такой вот диванной аналитики, тем более, если удар может быть нанесен одновременно в разных частях, да, то есть и там в Запорожском направлении, там, то есть просто к чему-то я все говорю, я никого не пугаю, но просто иметь реку в качестве разделительной полосы и не предпринимать никаких мер по укреплению побережья, по минным полям, да, там, по строительству укреплений было бы глупо и наивно. И также глупо и наивно было бы держать там какие-то там, то есть подразделения, которые абсолютно не боеспособны, да, то есть там тоже должны быть хорошо подготовленные бойцы, которые, если нужно, могли бы отразить вот подобную атаку. Вот. Надеюсь, что э, наш генштаб следит за тенденциями украинской армии и все эти моменты обязательно предусмотрит. Всем всего светлого и ясного. So to be honest with you guys, this guy isn't, isn't wrong here. He isn't. When he's stating that the Ukrainians could indeed in fact strike from both sides, from Zapsarzija and from the far western side in this little peninsula, okay? And or just come across um, 
the river as a whole, I guess. Imagine they did this somehow, and they push in, they push all these elements across, and they do everything. And then at the same time, they're getting smacked by artillery because the artillery has somewhat of a high ground, okay? But at the same time, the high Mars is doing work on the rear elements. So they'd be hitting from the north, the, the west, directly from just head on. And then all the artillery is, is literally barraging or is smashing down on, on top of all of their, their fortified positions. And then the high Mars is doing work. Like that is a, my God, that sounds like a real plan. I'm just going to throw that out there. I know there's no one in the Ukrainian military that's watching me, but uh, I'm just throwing it out there. Ooh, could be pretty, could make for an interesting piece there. Actually, you know what? I'm going to pull it up right now. I'm going to go down there and just show you guys what I'm talking about because I'm on, I'm on something. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Look, imagine this. Just, just bear with me real quick. Bear with me. They came in from this area. They came in over here. They came in right through here. And at the same time, the artillery pieces are just doing this. <laughs> just doing that as they're coming across. And then the ones, the high Mars. Oh, they're just going, oh, my God, just smashing them like this. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is a, you know, you know why that's a huge issue for the Russians when you look at it like this. We're talking about this entire front line. I'm going to go and clean this up because we're going to use this later. This entire line, okay? You guys see how big this line is right here? I mean, it, granted, there is a river separating a large portion of this line, but just right here, look at this. They have to find a way to defend this entire thing at all times. At all times. They cannot allow them to get through. That is a very long line to hold. It really is. Especially when it's going to be very difficult for them to target anything on this side of this river with artillery pieces. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I know we're, we're probably maybe months or weeks or who knows how long away. I, I do believe there's a fairly large chance that the Ukrainians can and will probably take Crimea. It's a multiple right now is one of the other areas, which is right here, where the Ukrainians are noticing there's a large buildup of Russian troops there. So I think it could be the next Kyrgyzstan. I, I know that they are fortifying this entire line all the way through here. I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I'm kind of on a, a little bit of a, a roll here and thinking in my head. I, I think uh, the guy was talking about them fortifying this entire line through here, and it's very smart to do so, which it is. But it's almost cannon fodder to slow it down. Okay. All right. We're going we're gonna to back out of here and go over to the northern side. So now we're back over here in the northeast corner. We have Sivitov, which one of the more – uh, well, more important areas over there. I know this kind of actually looks like a swastika, but it's not, I promise you. It's actually a, a bridge that's been blown out. My drawings is not very good. Now, the Ukrainian military has actually broken through the Russian defensive lines in Nova Kilsky, just so you guys are aware. I'm just going to zoom in just a little bit. It's going to be right through here, okay? They have actually pushed through. And it's pretty interesting because at the same time in yesterday's video, I was telling you guys about the Russians that actually were attempting to push south to Makvika. Okay, that didn't pan out. It seems the Ukrainians actually took advantage of this and actually pushed that element north, and it ended up panning out in their favor. Now, they also are applying a ton of pressure down here just south of here, right there, in uh, Plashchanka. Okay, that is getting really close to that PC-6 route. Like, it's getting very, very close. Now, you're going to have a few random pockets of concerns for the, for, the, for the Russians, especially, especially this one right here. They're going to have to do this. They have to. They have no way to, to hold this area. I'm, I'm very confused. I know, by the way, just so you guys are aware, this is all pretty much high ground all through here. It's pretty important. That's why that main road runs on the side of it. But it's it's looking pretty slim to, or excuse me, pretty grim, not slim. I think the Russians are going to lose some areas, and the Ukrainians are going to push through and take a chunk of this route at some point. I think that's going to happen. Uh, and a quick update for everybody on the missiles that were actually flying over Ukraine. It seems the Russians are targeting multiple cities and infrastructures. 
once again. Uh, they will more li- I will more than likely not be able to give you guys any more than that, like a complete situation update till tomorrow. So bear with me on that. But I can't confirm the missiles are being shot down or have. Some have been shot down by air defense. I've seen videos of that, but they've also some that have been structuring are hitting some civilian structures along with just civilian infrastructure. Like they're going after electrical stuff and stuff like that. So shocker. I know they're not a terrorist state, though. Now, there's been no real change on the other side of the country, uh, down in Bachmont. I'm not entirely, I don't know. Someone over on Patreon actually pointed something out that I hadn't really realized as far. They said it this morning. So the Russians are attempting, if they were to attempt, that is, the withdrawal of the troops from this area, they would effectively target it due to the positioning of the Ukrainian artillery pieces. If you guys think about it, everything inside of Bachmont is high ground. It's controlled by the uh, Ukrainians. They control everything. And honestly, they seem to have trapped these, these Russians in a pocket. Like, they can't really do anything but move forward effectively. Like, or they're going to be targeted if they try to retreat. I still cannot for the life of me figure out what in the world is going on in, in the Russians' mind inside this area because it seems really pointless to me in Bakhmut. Like, literally, I, I have, for the life of me, I cannot, I don't understand it. So, we're going to shift over to Kirsten. This is pretty much where everything's going on as of right now. The rest of the country is pretty much, the lines haven't changed. This is uh, completely unconfirmed, by the way. We're going to zoom in here just a little bit. So, there's a couple areas. For some reason, I, 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 well, I don't really believe this. It's, it's unconfirmed, but the Ukrainian Deputy Council, Kirsten, has stated the Ukrainian army has liberated Oleshki in Nova Kokosha and Kokosha itself. So this area right here, I, I'd be very, I don't know. I'm going to go on a limb and say I don't really believe this as yet because I would have seen a million videos of this happening by now. And I also want to say, I, I don't know, it's very tough. I could be wrong, though, but I don't think so. But all along this line, there hasn't been much. I know the Ukrainians are targeting all these areas back in this area. Or all these areas. All these areas right through here. I know it's very vague. But they are applying pressure in one of the more significant areas that we're talking about or we, we keep seeing over and over again is this Hiroski area right here on this peninsula, this little point. Okay, This area has been, has been said to have already been liberated and the Ukrainians have been coming over in this area, which would be a significant issue for the Russians. Like really bad. If they're if they're getting Ukrainian troops onto this chunk of land over here, which I'm not saying it's not true, but it seems kind of difficult to facilitate the amount of men that needed to go over there to take it and the supplies. But I could be wrong. I'm not there. But if they're ever able to take this, my God, they're going to be applying pressure all across this entire line. So it's going to be very very difficult. It doesn't seem like they're slowing down. The Ukrainians aren't slowing down as they're pushing through. So. Hope you guys enjoy this video over here. I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'll see you guys tomorrow with another one. I'm out.